This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, Chris, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. And we have somebody who's going to be on this podcast today that's going to be dropping bombs. See what I did there? It's real, real original, right? <laughs> well played, buddy. Well played. So we got Bradley on the podcast today, which I'm really excited about. Uh, the first time I met Bradley, actually, it's in, we didn't even get to meet, but the first time I saw Bradley speak, was, this must this might have been like 2018. I can't remember. And you've done a lot of speaking engagements since then, Brad. But it was you were down here in Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun, and you were speaking at the Wind the Storm conference. And you were on a panel, a Q&A panel, with uh, Michael E. Gerber, is who I came with as his guest. Ken Goodrich was also with me. And you were on the panel with Michael E. Gerber and also Robert Kiyosaki. And one wasn't like the rest on that panel. And that one was Mr. Bradley. So that's the first time I heard you, bro, like talk about this, the business and, um, and Lightspeed VT and kind of, and just what you've done in the software and just business in general. And I just loved the vibe man. and like, you are, you kind of gave me the, uh, man, this guy is, uh, in the sales world, but he's a hunter. And I think you were trying to get into like the sales training world. I want to say early on, like, I want to say it was, you were, you're hoping to kind of do the, um, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar type stuff, but then you had to pivot a little bit with, with business. You didn't quite go down that path. Now I've listened to enough um, of your podcasts on dropping bombs and, and some of the different, I mean, you've had millions of, of listeners and watched some of the YouTube videos to learn a little bit kind of about your history. And I'm sure I'll probably fuck something up and on, and you can correct me on it, but I just like your perspective on business and sometimes even the simplicity of the business. And cause I do think we get in this world where we overthink the shit out of everything. And then we end up doing nothing except the same thing we've been doing over and over again. So I think, uh, if I remember correct, that's kind of where the pivot came in for, for you was, um, I mean, you, you, tried to simplify some of these things and, and give people, um, I think you're, I think the exact, uh, message is you're trying to take the information from people and get it to those who need it or something along those lines is kind of what the vision is that you have, but you're in the RV dealership business, the merchant services, solar, uh, financial services, like you're kind of in the different space, but I'm guessing that at its core, some of this stuff is probably, you're using, using the same tactics over and over again to build these businesses, regardless of the vertical. Now, I also saw you at, in Vegas, speaking at, um, the service, the service, uh, Victor's event service rocket. I can't remember the name of that event in Vegas. I think that was the end of last year, maybe. And you said some interesting things about how you would apply your, that business knowledge towards like this, the HVAC or the plumbing world, which again, wasn't rocket science. It was just simple, um, tack blocking and tackling and things that you're putting in place. But, but there's one thing that you shared, man, that, that I want to hit on right out of the gate, because I think it'll give our listeners a view into how Bradley thinks about things. And this was your dessert story. The, it, so the dessert story was, um, I believe when you were, you were in Vegas, I want to say, and you were, and you were, um, a server, I think, and you were trying to figure out how to be the best damn seller, like sell the most desserts. And it's, and you figured out a way to simplify this. So like, well, why aren't people buying dessert after they've already eaten and they're full? Do you remember that you shared that story in Vegas? 
Yes. Can you please share that story for our listeners so they kind of see what, because this was, and I'm not, and maybe reference when that was, I don't remember when it was, but I know it was early on, but, but share that story and then, and then we'll, I'll walk them through the rest of, of your journey. Well, I mean, ultimately I, I came to Vegas one time to, to visit really. And I spent all my money. So I had to get a job to get home. So I got a job waiting tables. And at this particular restaurant, they, they wanted us to sell dessert because it was more profitable than most of their items. And so they always had contests to sell dessert. So I ultimately sold more dessert than everybody. Um, all the other waiters put together couldn't sell the dessert. And everyone always wanted to, they couldn't sell as many as me. And, and they kept wanting to know what I was saying. So they would l- kind of try to listen in at the table at the end of the meals. And, you know, they never could figure it out when I was leaving. They said, hey, now that you're quitting, why don't you just tell us, you know, what you said? And I said, well, it's not what I said that mattered. It's, you know you guys are asking people when they're full, if they want dessert. And I was asking people when they're hungry, meaning I would ask people for their dessert order while I'm taking their dinner order. So after they ordered the, the dinner, I would then suggest some dessert. So I was asking for it when they're hungry and all the other waiters were asking for it at the end of the meal when they were full, which is what most waiters do. So again, to me, common sense is why would you wait till they're full and then ask them if they want dessert when they, when you can ask them when they're hungry, that makes more sense. So, so I just started asking them, you know, early when, when they were hungry, which is why they could never figure out what I was saying. Cause I, I, by that time it was already done that people would walk up. They're like, dude, I didn't hear, I didn't hear you ask them for a dessert order, but yet you sold them dessert. Well, that's because I had already sold the dessert prior to even getting their dinner order. So that's the common sense part of it. And you, and that's, but that's, is that kind of a lot of the, of the foundation of, of all things that you've, you, that you've been involved with is that you're trying to simplify things and use common sense? Well, I don't necessarily try to, I, I just do. Like, in other words, I don't think things have to be complicated. You know, thing, things are pretty simple if you leave them simple. We try to complicate things as human beings, you know, and as a society, you know, a lot of people want to pretend that everything's so hard and complicated to rationalize why we're not very successful. But, you know, I'm sure we've heard life is hard, right? Yep. But life is not hard. Like life isn't hard. Think about it, dude. Life's not that hard. So, so why do we say that? Well, again, it's part of that rationalization. Life is not that difficult. You know, I'm sure it is for some people, I'm not saying life can't be difficult. It can be difficult, but it isn't difficult. And not only that, I think life is what you make it. You know, I always tell a story about two little boys sitting in a room. One's rich, one's poor. And they're both in a room full of shit up to the up to the ceiling. And you walk into the, the rich kid and he's all pissed off. And you say, what's the problem? He says, dude, I'm in a room full of shit. What would what would you do? And then and then you walk into the poor kid and he's in there playing in it. And it's like, well, what, what, why are you so happy? He says, well, with all this shit, there has to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> it's the same situation, two different perspectives. And it's all about perspective. I've got the advantage when it comes to perspective, because when I wake up, I realize that waking up is the most valuable thing I could get. Now, if, if people doubt that, I ask people, hey, if I gave you $10 million, in fact, I got a video going around. It's been translated to Arabic, uh, uh, Spanish, uh, uh, Russian, like it's got millions and millions of views. And all I was asking a guy was, if I gave you $10 million, what would you do? And he said, well, I'd freak out. I'd freaking think that everything was awesome. I'd be pumped up. I'd be excited. I'd be fulfilled. Everybody, everything would be glory. 
And I said, well, if I told you I'd give it to you, but you wouldn't wake up tomorrow, what would you say? He said, well, of course not. And I said, exactly. So you agree that waking up is worth more to you than $10 million cash. And you see kind of his eyes open up like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. Well, if you realize that waking up is worth more than $10 million in cash to you, why don't you act the same every day you wake up? Like you just got handed 10, you just got a gift so valuable. It's incredible. So when I wake up, the first thing I think about is that extreme gratitude of, and, and being thankful that I even get the day. So now the whole entire day is going to be good. The question is, is how good will it get? It's not a bad day if my eyes open. Right. So again, a lot of people, I, I say pussies, you know, <laughs> they, they wake up in the morning and they're sitting there worried about their car payment and their rents due and their child support. Or, you know, I can't, I, I lost my job. Boo hoo. We're in a recession. Like, dude, you woke up, man. You get the opportunity to go out there and rock and roll one more time. Like be appreciative of that. It'll shift your perspective. And then everything becomes a, 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 an opportunity instead of a problem. So people need to quit living in problems and start living in opportunity because opportunity are in problems. Matter of fact, people say, well, how do I get rich during a recession? Listen, you get rich by solving problems. So in a recession, there's more problems, right? So you can actually make more money during a recession than you can when everybody's making a bunch of money. That's right. When you make a bunch of money, the problems go away or more of them go away. Yep. And when there's no money, well, the recession you know, causes the problems. Well, you're a problem solver. That's how you get rich. You solve problems. Well, and so it sounds like too, you have an abundance mindset. So, um, which I think is a part of what plays into the recession, we'll call it, um, market correction, whatever you want. I started my business back in 2008 and you remember 2008, 2009 was right smack in the middle of a recession. But what I learned was some of the most successful businesses that I was working with or that became customers of ours were those that knew others were going to have fear and were going to pull back. And so they went and doubled down. Well, I learned a valuable lesson right off the bat in business because I thought, well, shit, if they're doing it, that's what I need to do too because they see something I don't and I'm starting to see their success. So then when this when the pandemic hits, same thing applied. It was some got pulled back because of fear of, of the unknown and rightfully so for some of those, but I'm not that guy. I have an abundance mindset and it was those who doubled down and their businesses blew up specifically in the trades because they were essential businesses. Everybody was home. Like it was a great past few years to be an HVAC or plumbing or electrical or anybody in these home services world. So, but the same thing is it was this abundance. It was like this abundance mindset. So, um, I hear, I've heard people talk about, um, just the fact that you're, you're, you're a human being, you hit the lottery, like the life of the lottery of life. I feel that way. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, I legit feel good about, about, you know, that I have another opportunity, a clean slate to do some good shit today. I legit feel that way. And then there's others that was like, I want to say it was, uh, Robert Kiyosaki that had said one thing he took away from being a Marine was that he would get up in the morning and his very first accomplishment was that he made his bed. I think something along those lines. And it's not about the bed. It's about the fact that he at least got one thing done right out of, right out of the gate, right? And he made his, his bed. So I do think this abundance mindset plays into it. So I want to talk about one, uh, uh, something that you, I heard you say, and it was um, that good training takes four things. See if I got this thing right. I wrote it down. I want to make sure I got it right. But it was good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. Exactly. So these are four things that that simplify this, right? So we're not overthinking it. It's just you need good content, which 
not everybody's got good content, but so you can have content and tether good or bad. Um, but repetition matters. So I got to interview Mike Tyson last year at one of our events that we put on and probably one of the most notable things he said that we all took away from it was that consistency kicks determination's ass. So he didn't say anything about having to be great at these things. It was just about keep doing these things over and over and over and over and over again, like be consistent with it and moving yourself forward. Like with these four, these four things that you talk about that good training takes, like, is this still kind of your same belief as those are the four simple things that you got to do? Like, how did you even come up with that as your, as your guardrails? Well, first question, yes, I still believe it. Um, and I came up with it because I went out on the road. I quit my job to start a company to train people. And the reason why is because I helped somebody that was making minimum wage start making 15, 20 grand a month through the ability to sell clothes and persuade people. That's what I teach. Or that's one of the things I teach. But ultimately, I changed his life. I watched his whole life change. His whole family's life changed because of money and his ability to make it. And so I thought, man, I've got the gift of showing people how to do this. So I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start helping other people. So I went out on the road to do that. And then when I went out on the road, I couldn't get people to change and, 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 and kick ass like he did and all the other people I've done in the past. Cause I used to be able to, you know, take people out of Burger King foot locker. It doesn't matter. Like I could turn anyone into a badass. So I, I thought I'd quit my job and go do this for a living. Well, it, it wasn't really working and I couldn't figure out why. So then I started to kind of look back what I was doing when I effectively trained people versus now. And the only difference was, you know, three things really repetition, practice and accountability, the good content I had, and I brought with me. So I was giving good content, but good content alone doesn't matter. It's repetition, practice and accountability. When I worked at an organization and I was training people that worked there, I was delivering it with repetition, practice and accountability. I just didn't realize I was doing it. So, after I quit and went out on the road, I was usually only hired for a day, maybe two. So there was no repetition. There was no practice and there was no accountability, which means it doesn't really work. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't learn some things, but most companies are exposing their people when they should be training their people, especially in sales. Like, dude, I guarantee you, I could blow up all the home services companies just by teaching them to sell, close, and persuade. I can't tell you how many home services people came to my house and walked out with nothing because not only didn't they know how to sell, but they were kind of dicks. <laughs> they were kind of rude. How do you like, really feel, Brad? <laughs> well, I mean, again, not everybody, but like, you know, I've, I've called people out to the garage door and the water heater and all this, and you ask them, you know, and they walk around and they look and then they write you a bill and they hand it to you and they call us if you need us. You know, it's like, it's almost like, wait a minute, dude, like, where's the salesmanship? And they didn't have any. And again, I didn't buy from them. Um, so I believe that training people is important if you really want to make a massive, you know, impact. But more importantly, dude, you can't just expose your people. That's called exposure. You're exposing your people to good content. That's not training. If you have good content, you're just exposing them. And I don't know where you're from, but in Vegas, exposure can get you arrested. <laughs> and if it's, if, if it's indecent, you're in trouble. Yeah, well, you know, I know a buddy of mine came to Vegas, got arrested for indecent exposure, or but but they had to let him go for a lack of evidence. 
Your poor buddy. <laughs> so you're saying he was uh, not blessed. Yeah. But so, so in reality, I mean, you know, the four ingredients were kind of discovered on accident because I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get people to, you know, start training to a point of success. And so I just researched, what did I used to do? And I, and I, and it dawned on me one day, I'm like, wait a minute. I used to, I used to deliver that over and over. I used to hold them accountable. I used to practice with them and I can't do that anymore. So the only thing missing based on what I used to do was because I had the good content, but I was missing the repetition. I was missing the practice and I was missing the accountability. And so I invented a software that did that for me. So I didn't have to, you know, live on the road. So I invented a software for myself and it worked. And that's when I started selling it to all these other big wigs, like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone and Joe Verde and Brian Tracy and John Maxwell and Zig Ziglar and all the Tom Hopkins, all the people that had big sales names, big sales training names who I was going to go compete with. uh, I just decided to, you know, focus on the software and build that up. So I built it up to a, uh, eight figure company. And that kind of, you know, put me in a position of, you know, I would say power to where now I leverage that power to build a brand. And then I've now used the brand to build multiple eight figure companies. Got it. So something's working. Smartac.com. Smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. The, yes, <laughs> you figured You figured a few things out. Um, you mentioned uh, Cardone, and so I've met with them a, a few different times, and they are trying to I – mean, well, they're not trying. They are coming into this HVAC space, and it's a kind of the same thing, though, where we've got a lot of the um, – like they're bringing some of the different sales tactics, some sharp sharp guys, Brandon Dawson, sharp guys. Um, and it's just a different mindset, though, that they're bringing into the industry, but not it's not overly complicated. Um, no, what they're doing, what they're doing, it's the same thing I'm going to probably start doing. Um, they're, they're coming in and they're buying a lot of companies and or partnering for equity. And all they do is throw in sales training, get your numbers up and then package you up and and do a big exit. So HVAC companies are primed for it. Plumbing companies are primed for it. You know, roofing companies are primed for For it. Pretty much any home services industry is, is primed for it. There's a lot of operators out there that are quite frankly, half-assed, you know, they're not training their people. They're not, they're not trying to scale and grow. They don't, they might not even know how. And what's funny is, you know, some of them are doing two, $3 million a year and they're netting, you know, five, 600,000. So they're making a good living, but you can't get, you can't get a big exit with only five or 600,000 a year. Right. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to scale that to where you're netting five or 6 million a year. Well, now that's a sellable entity. So all these guys are doing, all Brandon and Grant are doing is they're walking into the industry and they're generally getting equity for for consulting and and all they're going to do is install their systems and processes and marketing and blow up your business 10x you know it's 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 <laughs> it, and again i mean nothing against grant and brandon because i mean i li- i like that idea i just does start but at the end of the day the people that are giving those guys equity 
they're giving it to them for their systems and their processes when their systems and processes are not rocket science. Grant is a worker. Grant is a marketer. Grant believes in the grind. So like, you know, your salespeople need to be trained. Your salespeople need to work. So you go put in those systems and processes. You can scale it to your, yourself and not give up anything. But, you know, again, it's not bad to have Brandon, who's a very smart guy, and Grant as your partner. So For it's sure. not a bad thing either. I mean, either way, you're probably going to win. I just I'm just the kind of guy that wants to say, you know, why would you give up half your company just for, you know, common sense? Like, give it to me. I'll, I'll come in. I'll scale your company right along with you, <laughs> just like they would. And uh, and, you know, give me half of half your company. I'll I'll scale it with you and exit it with you. No problem. But <laughs> and, and by the way, that's not an offer. I'm just joking. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be interested in doing that because I have a lot of things going on and you know, they've got a whole team and right. you know, I, I would say, Hey, just go to Brandon and, and Grant. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know if you saw this, but um, this is kind of off topic, but I'd be curious to hear what your opinion would be. Um, I watched this random clip of Grant getting dropped off in like some Pueblo, Colorado or something like that it was called the billionaire, billionaire mindsetters. I don't know. Undercover billionaire. Yeah. Undercover billionaire. That's what it was. So I watched it. I don't, and I don't binge watch anything. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I did binge watch that deal because you get to see a different side of him that maybe most don't see of a more vulnerable side of Grant, which I think was actually really good. Um, but you basically got what well, I think it was 90 days to create a million dollar valuation with, with no Rolodex, no money. You can't use his name. It was kind of a neat deal. How do you yeah, think? You no, know it's bullshit. Well, that was it. See, and it's like they did a good job with production and, and COVID happened in it too. So there was some, so there was a gap there. Yeah, but, you know it's bullshit, dude. The guy, the guy worked at an R, you know, accidentally talked his way into staying in somebody's RV. Like, come on, dude. Number one, they knew who Grant was every step of the way. Come on, like, come so, on. Dude. That, that's TV, dude. Don't even believe it, dude. So, but here's what I'm saying. So, um, I have not had the opportunity to ask to, to ask Grant about it because I just saw, watched it recently. I which have. Is, okay, I have. so so thank you because that actually makes me feel a lot better because I'm thinking. First off, like that's 90, 90 days to get a million dollar valuation. And, and it, there's so much relational piece to that, that, it, that exists that it's hard to just build in that short amount of time that I was like, how in the hell did he pull this thing off? Well, so, well in reality, dude, he could, he could have pulled it off several different ways in real estate, but they wouldn't let him. Right. You know, they, they, they're making a TV show. People have to, you know, want to watch the thing. So Grant could have easily walked over, made a quick real estate deal and made a million dollars. But, you know, they wanted to dramatize it. So, you know, hey, you got to you got to act like no. And again, I mean, like who doesn't know Grant Cardone in the, in the RV business? Like everybody <laughs> does. So the guy that was selling RVs, the guys that was selling the mattresses and the gym memberships, like they all knew who he was. You don't just let some fool sleep in your RV. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Sleep in RVs. We don't care. Yeah, of course you don't care because it was set up. It's a Curtis Curtis something or other. I forget what his name was. Anyhow. 100% set up. Just like him skydiving into the into the stadium at his 10X event. That wasn't him skydiving, folks. <laughs> Truth revealed. Uh, do you, knows that. Anybody that believes he did is just so gullible. Dude, did, do you think, though, and let's just say that hypothetically that was you, do you think you could get dropped into a Pueblo, Colorado and turn in a million dollar valuation in that, like realistically in that, and like with that same no Rolodex, no Bradley, I no. I, I, 
I don't doubt that I could do it. The question is, is within 90 days or not? Right. That's pretty quick. That's a pretty quick turnaround. I mean, time, time flies when you're on a deadline. <laughs> you know, do I think I could do it? Absolutely. Do I think I could do it within inside of six months or a year? hundred percent. But if it were a contest and I had to do it, um, I think I could, but you never know until you try. I mean, it's, it's, I've got the ability to sell, close and persuade. And so listen, with that ability, you can pretty much build a company. And by the way, to make a million dollar company, it doesn't have to be that valuable. Like in other words, building a million dollar valuation is not that different. Right. It's, it's, you know, is it actually sellable for a million dollars in 90 days? Probably not. But they could say it's valued at a million dollars. Of course, yeah. You could because I'd, I'd, I'd like to see their evaluation formula. <laughs> so that's one thing I said too is like, because it isn't difficult, I don't think, to get in. I mean, ultimately, he kind of somewhat ended up in my world in this digital marketing world, except he was kind of doing the, the guerrilla marketing type of thing. I forget what it was called. Wake oh, up. yeah. And by, did you buy that bullshit either? <laughs> oh, man. But like, I'm glad on, to hear you say it. Out, I'm out on the road, you know, come on, get in here. We got mattresses for sale. <laughs> But it was entertaining, bro. But listen, and that, and listen, at the end of the day, like, um, you, you have a skill that immediately makes you, gives you the ability to be successful in life. And not everybody has that skill. And that's the skill of being a good salesman, a good persuader, because that's the one thing I felt like I've, I have the gift of selling because I, I, um, I feel the if I believe enough in the product and I got enough passion about it, I can go and sell it. But that's, that's my caveat. I got to actually believe in the shit or I, or I can't fake it. So, but if I believe in it, I do know I can go and sell it if I believe in it because I have that gift. So let's just say I could go pluck myself anywhere and I could probably sell, if I found the one thing I could go and sell my way to a million dollar valuation. I mean, we've built this Dude, business. HVAC, HVAC plumbing, roofing, solar. Like, dude, if you can't make 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month doing that, there's something you're missing something like, bro, I got 23 year old kids making 50,000 a month, knocking on doors. And, and are you doing, so when you, you're bringing in these, like, since you use that as an example, are you just bringing these guys in with no skill set, but you can identify, Hey, I can tell by this, this, and this, these guys have the right skill set and I can teach them uh, the, the, how, the how, and then you just send them out on their way. And, and like, what's the turnover like in that deal? Because solar is kind of a, you're going in boots and knuckles, well, knocking doors. Well, yeah. Well, I have multiple uh, businesses that, that cater to, you know, sales obviously. And what I do is use my personal brand to tell people you need to start making 50,000 a month. Okay. If you really want to get out of the rat race. You know, you cannot you cannot make, you know, five, six grand a month and expect to get out of the rat race because in order to get out of the rat race, you have enough. You need enough left over every month to invest. Like you're not going to save your way to, to, to multimillionaire. You need to invest. So how do you invest? And by the way, you know, I got I get people all the time. Well, what would you do with twenty thousand dollars? You know, I, I'd probably go party because, you know, it's only twenty thousand dollars. You're not going to do anything with twenty thousand dollars. So honestly, with twenty thousand dollars saved up, I would invest it in myself. Yeah. Why? Because I need to, I need to get more skilled. I need to, I need to invest in myself and skill up, you know, marketing skills, sales skills, communication skills, just the skills that pay. So I would use that $20,000 to make myself more valuable. So I'd have more than 20,000, but ultimately I can show anyone how to make three, four, $500,000 a year through selling something. Now, what do they sell? HVAC, solar, roofing, 
financial services, merchant services. So I'm opening companies in the fields that people can actually go make, you know, half a million dollars pretty easily. Yeah. And, and it probably has to be a little bit easier on the recruiting side of things too, because you're not easy. Yeah. So then you just have this playbook and that playbook is applicable across all these different verticals, these different industries. Yeah, like, like if I wanted to partner with an HVAC company, I'd say, listen, how'd you like to, because by the way, all you do is got to scale so you can exit. If I partner with an HVAC company doing two, $3 million a year. And I say, Hey, you want to go to 10? They're going to need more salespeople. Wouldn't they? Right. They're going to need more advertising. Aren't they? They're going to need, they're going to need to scale that puppy up. Well, then I can get on my social media and, you know, find a thousand people wanting to go to work tomorrow. Sounds like so I, I would just partner with a, with a HVAC company. Why? Cause I'm not an HVAC expert. I don't know shit about air conditioning. <laughs> I didn't even know what HVAC meant. I'm like, what the hell is, HVAC? is that vacuums and shit? But it's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. I'm like, oh, okay. So, so at the end of the day, you'll never see me go to a house and 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 work on air conditioners or vents or heating. But I could partner with someone that does that just can't seem to break that glass ceiling and and show them how to blow it up just by bringing in, you know, 15 more salespeople, trained badasses. And that seems to me like it's just your same common sense methodology. It is common sense. And when it boils down to it, guys, I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I don't have any, you know, master's degree or PhDs. Actually, I do, but they work for me. I, ha I hired them. I always say, <laughs> you don't need a degree if you can hire them. But th this isn't rock and style stuff. Like, 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 you know, listen, you want to make more money, create more relationships. The more hands you shake, the more money you make. It's pretty simple. Like you want to make more money, create more relationships. Money comes from relationships. So the reason you don't have what you have, or the reason you, you don't have what you want is because you don't know the right people. If you knew the right people, you'd have, you'd have everything you wanted. And if you think, well, that's not true. Yes, it is true. If you, if you knew the right people, you would already have everything you want. The reason you don't is because you don't know the right people. So if you want more things in life, create more relationships. That's where the money comes from. Money comes from other people's pockets. So you have to literally meet more people. So I've coined a phrase. If you ever hear it, that's Bradley original. <laughs> the more hands you shake, the more money you make. But just remember that every time you go out on the street tomorrow, like I want to make more money. Brad said it was easy. It is. Go out and talk to twice as many people as you did last year. And I'll bet you you make twice as much money as you did last year. Probably even more because you have to add momentum in there. So literally, if a guy said, Brad, here's $50,000 if you can show me how to double my business. And they would do what I tell them. I would simply say, do twice what you did last year. How much did you advertise? Do twice that much. How many salespeople did you have? Have twice that many. How many leads did you get? Get twice that many. And eventually they might say, well, I don't know how to get those leads. Well, that's a different question. That's a marketing issue. That's not a sales issue. So now we have to go look at the marketing, but marketing's the same thing. Yeah. You know, how are you getting the leads today? Is there anybody knocking on doors? Is there anybody doing it the old fashioned way? No, nobody likes to do it that way. Is there anybody doing it this way? No, I don't want to spend that kind of money. You got to use the money that you make to, to grow and scale. Sometimes you don't get to participate in the revenue until, until, you know, it's way more. Right. Right. And you, and you actually talked about this a little bit. I can't remember how long ago you had this interview, but it was with um, John, Papa John. Um, and it was kind of around the same thing with these relationships. And, and in part of this too is not, not everything is going to work for everybody, but I think he had said 
um, to basically learn from your mistakes. I think he said learning from your burning or something along those lines. But did you just do that with him recently, or was it? I, I know I watched that when I was prepping for this podcast, but I, it was, re- I released it recently. I did it a little while ago. Okay, got it. Well, I just happened to watch it when I was prepping for this too. And one, it was just I was interested in your interview with him and what he had to what he had to say. But it was a lot of the same things that you that you were just saying is. A lot of his, I think he is him. I think he's, he says from Louisville, or technically from Southern Indiana, but based out of Louisville. And his family had like somewhat, I don't know how many nine businesses that went bankrupt or some shit like that. And so he's learning from all these the mistakes that they're making as they're going. And he was in business, so he was learning from the things you know that uh, from those failures in business. But the main thing is you got to still you got to keep believing in yourself, and you got to you got to keep going, and you got to keep applying these different training processes, and you got your at its simplest form, you would say, well, hey, do you know how much you're, you're paying per lead? How are you closing on those leads? How many people do you have? Yeah, let's just double those things. And yes, while that can work, that doesn't, like, you still got to pay attention to what it's actually producing. Are you burning the higher, is it now the cost per lead higher? Like, how is it actually working when you double this? Because obviously you don't want to just double your expense. But. Well, you do too. You yes, do? You, yeah, well, of course you do. How Listen. If the if 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 you spent fifty thousand dollars advertising and it produced a profit, then why wouldn't you spend a hundred thousand dollars? Now again, you do want to pay attention. I did not say don't pay attention, but you definitely want to double your your advertising spend and you want to double your advertising result. So if you're spending double but getting the same, then no 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 no. You don't. That's what I'm saying. You you have to you have to obviously use your brain, pay attention, keep keep focused hold people accountable, train your team, you know, have a plan, have a strategy, but ultimately it's not rocket science is all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, these guys that come in and, you know, claim that they can double your business probably can, but what are they going to bring in? They're going to bring in accountability processes and systems to where that you were not doing that. You were not holding your people accountable. You were not growing and scaling. You were not taking the money that you're making and reinvesting it and scaling it. You know, you were staying at the same ad budget your whole freaking life. Like ask yourself, when's the last time you spent more on advertising? Because a lot of times people are like, well, I budget 30 grand. So I spend 30 grand and I can't figure out why I'm not growing. <laughs> well, again, you're not growing because you're not you you're not increasing anything. You have to increase, you have to expand, not retract. Yeah, man. This is the point I was getting, I I was getting at is. Yes, common sense would say double your spin, but I'm saying that's not just the answer is you do have to pay attention to all what's actually coming from that spin that's being doubled to know that it is in fact working the same. So that is kind of where I was going with it. I do want to, I do want to be respectful of your time too, because I know that you have to hop off here soon. So I'm going to finish up with just two, two quick things or uh, one quick question. And that is, what do you like? I, you know, I have uh, roughly 180 um, rhinos, you know, and, and we have them from varying ages. So I grew up a little bit different. I grew up on a farm, um, hard work. You learn work ethic. You know, as a kid, you learn accountability as a kid. You learn a lot of these values as a kid. But I always worked hard. Um, you're seeing some variations in work ethic, you know, in the different generations, you know, coming into our businesses. But, like, what are you seeing with – when people are saying, hey, the um, new generation of kids are super – that are coming in are super soft – I'm seeing a variation of these things. What are you seeing with like the younger generation kind of coming in into business, man? Like, are you seeing any normal, like the same things, any consistent patterns or anything like that? Well, I mean, I see, I see the the kids that are coming up now, they have a lot of advantage that, you know, a lot of people didn't have growing up in my era. You know, I don't think they're soft. I think there's, I think they're, it's easier for them. 
you know, there's, I mean, a kid knows the internet can make 20 grand a month. No problem. Why is he going to go bust his ass? Like we had to before he's not going to bust his ass. Why would you like, why would I wouldn't bust my ass if I had an easier way to do the same thing and neither would, neither would you. So again, when people are like, you know, their work, work ethic sucks, it doesn't have to be as difficult as it used to be. Number one, number two, they're not all that way. Some of them, believe it or not, especially the ones that I've run into, you know, they're all excited and, and willing to work day and night, man. They just, yeah. they just, they're not, they're not willing to use their, their back like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of those in here too, that I, I like I said, I, I, I would agree with you that, I mean, they're grinders. Like anybody, I can, anybody that says that about kids are probably running into the f- entitled ones that basically, you know, are spoiled. And there's a lot of those out there, but I think the majority of them, they're just, dude, they're just, I, I, I don't want to say smarter. I, I want to say, I want to say more, in other words, it's so easy to make money now with the internet and social media and everything like YouTube, like, dude, you could literally open presents on YouTube and upload videos and make millions of dollars. <laughs> so there's all kinds of opportunities for them. And the opportunities are so, so wide that we feel like they're less willing to do our work because our work is, is, is usually based on older skill sets. They're, they're, they're coming in with newer skill sets that are digital based and you got to get used to it. Like with AI right now, if you're not leveraging AI, you better hurry up and get used to it. Okay. AI is coming and it's coming in a big way. Now, a lot of people are scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Use it, leverage it. Yeah. Perfect. I was going to ask that question, but you went into it. I'm hundred percent agree with you. Like obviously in the digital marketing world, like you would think about how chat GPT, how AI pulls into it. And I look at it as it's now a value add to us. It doesn't, you know, now we get to do more in less time. Um, so right. I didn't look at it as a, as a scarcity type thing, like, or a money saving thing. I looked at it, you know, great. This just made me far more impactful, faster for our, our customers. So oh. last thing, dude, I'm going to end with this. What do you think it is? That's just, and I'm always fascinated by the answers. I've got to ask this and do this question to a lot of people that are similar positions as you. What do you think it is, man, that, that has set you apart? That's made you so successful. Is it, like, is there one thing that stands out to you? Is it a couple things? And this may seem like a pretty simple common sense answer, but I'm always curious to know what is it that you think set you apart? Because it's not like you had some leg up in this, in this deal, like in the world, other than the fact that you hit the human, you know, the lottery of being a human being, but what is it, man, that like you think sets you apart that's made you so successful? Dude, it boils down to three things, mindset, skill set, and habits. So your mindset, your skill set, and your habits are the reason you are where you are and you have what you have. Your belief system needs to change, right? So I think my advantage is my mindset, my skill set, and my habits. But I'm also the luckiest son of a bitch that walks the earth, dude. I'm lucky as hell and willing to roll the dice. But when you put those together, dude, you can't lose, you know? So I've heard what is luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Is that correct? <laughs> well, you can, you could say that that's luck. Sure. You know, <laughs> but, but because again, I mean, you know, if you're not prepared and something happens, it gives you an opportunity and you're not prepared for it. You know, you could miss the opportunity, then it wouldn't be luck. Well, it's only lucky because you got the opportunity. And the only reason you got the opportunity is because you were prepared when the opportunity came. Yep. So when preparation meets opportunity. That's luck. No, that's fortunate. Okay. Luck is like me. I've, I've literally got kicked off a roulette table because I called five numbers in a row. 
who does that? Shit? <laughs> I'm lucky as hell. Like most people have an angel guarding them. I guarantee you I've been assigned four. like literally, dude, nothing goes wrong in my life. Everything goes right. And I believe ultimately it's the mindset that makes me believe that because someone will be like, well, Brad, you were homeless one time on the beach. And I'm thinking, dude, it, it was the beach. Like if you're going to be homeless, isn't the beach where you want to be? Like, come on, dude. it's all perspective. And I think my, my unique perspective is what makes me get the advantage over most people. And what's crazy, dude, is anyone can do it. Now, again, it's easy for you to say, Brad, you're already rich. Listen, people, nobody gave me anything. I got no loans. I got no, you know, dads and and families supporting me. Like at the end of the day, it's 100% possible for everybody, especially in the damn home services space. You guys ain't making money. Hit me in the DMs. I'll show you how. Love it, man. Well, and you can also do, obviously you can listen to Dropping Bombs. That's his podcast. It's fantastic. He's, it's got a ton of fun. I mean, I, I love your humor and the whole thing too, but he's also dropping bombs, of course. So check him out on that. And then where else can, I mean, you have your YouTube channel. There's a shitload of video content on your YouTube channel, but do you have like anything coming up, man, or anything that anybody that's listening could potentially participate in or anything like that that's available to them if they want to consume more of you, of Bradley? You know, I mean, again, I'd go to bradley.tv, which just goes to my YouTube channel. I'd follow me on Instagram or TikTok. You know, I'm sharing nuggets every day on those. And, you know, you can just Google me. You can find everything I'm doing. Dude, your TikTok is absolute fire. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate well, it. Well, listen, I appreciate you giving me, you know, 45 minutes of your time, man. I, I know that time is our most valuable asset. So I appreciate you doing that and giving it to my listeners, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, and congratulations, man, on your success. Um, I love a good bootstrap story and you've certainly got one. Um, but listeners, make sure you, you know, go ahead and, and connect. He said, drop into his DMS, man. And I guess he's going to respond to you, but you heard it. Like don't overcomplicate things, maybe simplify this stuff. Even if it's as, you know, using his three simple steps that have made him successful mindset, skill set, and habits, find them, find successful ones, and then do them over and over again. And don't be afraid to, uh, to, to fail fast and learn from that shit and move on. So Brad, I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure, buddy. And listeners, appreciate you guys as always. Make sure you subscribe and download the podcast, listen to it. And listen, if you leave, if you want to leave a positive review for Brad on this, I'll make sure that I get that and share it with him so he can see it. I'm sure he loves to see that shit too. So Brad, I appreciate you, brother. My uh, pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate you listeners. Thank you so much. Until next time, no zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.